Thanks for tuning into today's episode. We have some unexpected tragic news to talk about that recently occurred in Colorado Springs. But at the same time, we also have some lighthearted happenings. Stay tuned to get my thoughts and your daily dose of the world's latest events. You're listening to The Daily Dose with Barris. Pop culture, current events, politics, and the latest controversies. If it has a headline, I have something to say about it. So, welcome to the show. Starting off with entertainment news, Beyonce is leading the pack in this year's Grammy nomination. She was nominated nine times for nine different awards, and that brings her to a total of 83 career nominations. Now, this is particularly interesting because Jay-Z also has the same amount. He has 83 career Grammy nominations. What's even more interesting is that they now both hold the title for most Grammy nominations to a single person ever at 83. So that's a huge accomplishment. Now, every year when the Grammys comes along, it always sparks controversy. People are talking about if the Grammys are really the Grammys or if they're more like the scammies. What do I mean by scammies? Well, everyone's always talking about the fact that the Grammys never really nominates the most creative album. For example, you look at The Weeknd. Some of his albums, some of his best albums were never even nominated when they were some of his arguably best pieces of work. Same thing happened with Michael Jackson, Mariah Carey. I mean, these people you would consider legends, but they really don't have as many accolades when it comes to the Grammys as you would expect. And so it really comes down to this, right? The Grammys is known for really picking the best pieces of work, the most artistic piece of work, or at least that's what we think. It really looks like what they're really doing is selecting the biggest pieces of work. The songs that went viral or that hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100. That's really more the vibe I get. I mean, sometimes when I look at the nominations list, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, how did Billie Eilish win, win six Grammys a few years back? Like, come on, I'm, I'm not hating on her. I'm just saying she is definitely not the most talented and best musical artist from a technical and creativity standpoint. I mean, can we agree on that at least? I just thought it was a little weird. Now, something else that a lot of people have picked up on is Jeff Bezos donating $100 million to Dolly Parton. Now, I just got to say that this donation, quote unquote, is really more like a gift it's also really like a donation. It's very strange. He donated, like I said, the CEO and founder of Amazon, Jeff Bezos, donated $100 million recently to Dolly Parton. Now, he said that he did this because, look, Dolly Parton's known for doing these super charitable acts, giving so much money to charity, and really being overall a philanthropic and charitable person. So he decided to help her in that by giving her $100 million. But when I thought about it, something about a multi-billionaire giving $100 million to a multi-millionaire seemed a little weird. You know, it just rubbed me the wrong way. So I don't know what's going on there. If Jeff Bezos is like, man, you, you're, you're so poor, you don't even have a billion yet. Let me throw you another $100 million. Or if he really, you know, wants to support her charitable endeavors. I just thought it was weird. Like, come on. Out of all the things to do with $100 million, you give it to Dolly Parton. Not hating on her. She's a legend. She's great in her own respect. But she doesn't need the extra $100 mil. I mean, let's get real. Another thing I wanted to touch on today that a lot of people are also talking about is the fact that Julia Fox came out and said that she dated Kanye solely to, and I quote, get him off Kim's case. And this I thought was really weird. First off, Kanye always finds a way to make himself the center of attention, top of mind, top of the headlines, blasting his name out there. I honestly think it's part of his marketing strategy and hell, it's working really well. Everyone's always talking about Kanye. But aside from that, 
I don't know if things ended poorly with them or how they split, but why is she coming out now out of the woodworks months after their relationship talking about how she only dated Kanye to quote unquote, get him off Kim's case. I just thought it was really weird. I also saw a few other articles talking about how they, (laughs) they purposely never ran into each other and they would not go to events. So they didn't have to run each other. I'm talking about Julia Fox and Kim. It's just really weird. I'm like, is this what people are worried about? Like, you guys have this amount of money and you're worried about whether you're running into each other or not. Like, who cares? Kim's a billionaire, right? Who who gives a crap? You got the money. Julia Fox is doing fine, I'm sure. Who cares if you run into each other? I mean, it's not that big of a deal. Again, it's just really strange. And I think I got to say what Julia Fox does really comes off is like attention seeking. And she's like, yeah, I got it seems like she got with Kanye solely for the attention. We knew Kanye was having some kind of an episode at that point. Right. He was obviously either obsessed with Kim or something was going on with the kids or whatever. So he wanted to really get it out there that he was trying to get back with her. And then he turns around and gets with Julia Fox. It's a huge like whirlwind relationship. Everybody's talking about it. And then now months later, she comes out and says that she only got with Kanye to get Kanye off Kim's case, which really doesn't make any sense. The whole thing with Kanye is confusing. Anybody that gets involved with Kanye becomes confusing as well. Not to mention, like, why is Julia Fox bringing this up all of a sudden? Like I said, the relationship with months ago, everybody's moved on to a certain extent. I mean, Kanye's still doing whatever the hell he's doing. By the way, there's going to be more on Kanye later in today's episode. But overall, just a really weird situation. Moving on to current events, top of mind for me and most people right now is this mass shooting that happened in Colorado not too long ago. It's still very fresh. Five people were shot dead and 18 others injured during this mass shooting inside a Colorado Springs nightclub. Now, the police have not released any info about the shooter. They have him in custody. His name is out there. But what they haven't released is what his motives were behind the shooting. All we know is that he allegedly used two guns. One was an AR-style long rifle and one was a handgun. One guy was shot seven times and he survived. Interviews are coming out. Info is coming out about his story. I mentioned that to mention the severity of this attack for one guy to be shot seven different times in one occasion just shows you how many rounds were let off during this incident. Now, I just have to say when things like this happen, we need to take a beat as a country, as a society, as a community and acknowledge that what happened was wrong. Send our condolences to the families and the people that were affected. What I can't stand to see is these political individuals, whether they be politicians, whether they're political commentators, pundits, whatever. I can't stand to see these people use this to push their political agenda. It is unacceptable. There was loss of life. Five people died, 18 others injured. A lot of them were in critical condition or are still in critical condition. And the political community wants to use that to start pushing this agenda, whatever it is, changing this gun policy, pushing that gun law, when we don't even have the full facts out yet. Like I said, all we know really is this guy's name, which was released, and a few like minor tidbits of info about him. We know that he allegedly used two guns, one AR-styled long rifle and one handgun. What we know about the nightclub is that it was an LGBTQ nightclub. And so... Because of that, people are starting to draw their own speculation. They're starting to say that, you know what? This guy shot up the club because he was anti-LGBTQ. He was anti-gay. He was anti-trans, etc. 
And this is where things get dangerous because we don't know the reason for the shooting. Either the detectives and the investigators haven't found that out yet or they haven't released it. So I think jumping to these conclusions are dangerous until we have the full facts. It's a fact-finding mission, and we have to get that info straight before we start coming up with conclusions because that is how our country is directed in times like this. The info has to be right. It has to be solid. It has to be intensely verified. So then we can decide how is a country we're going to move forward and how that community in Colorado Springs is going to pull themselves together and decide what policies they will make at some point that they will introduce. They're going to, going to affect that community. That's important. I don't like seeing these people get involved in this situation in terms of a policy standpoint, drawing their conclusions about why this shoot, shooting happened when that can affect people in real time in a serious way on the ground in Colorado Springs. So we got to be careful with what we're saying. All the political commentators out there, all the news people, the reporters, the journalists, you got to check yourself in running up these crazy conclusions that we don't know. We don't have the info yet. Like I said, this is a tragic incident. Stuff like this should never happen. But the truth is that stuff like this does happen. And sometimes we can prevent it. Sometimes we can't. Until we have all the info, we can't draw those conclusions. And so that's all I'm going to say on that event. Horrible news. I hate seeing stuff like that pop up on my phone, on my laptop, on the TV. It's never a good feeling. Moving to a little bit of a lighter note, Twitter is seeing some crazy updates right now. As we know, Elon Musk acquired the company and is rapidly changing policy. Ye, also known as Kanye, is now back on Twitter. And one of his first posts was like, testing, 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 is my Twitter unblocked? And then his next post was Shalom, which <laughs> part of me is going to laugh at that, okay? And say what you want. But the guy is a comedian, all right? If you don't know why he was banned, it was because of all these anti-Semitic comments. And his first comment back is Shalom with a smiley face. Like, come on, this dude is insane sometimes. Like I said earlier in this episode, Kanye is all over the place a lot of times. He is going in and out, up, down, different directions, saying crazy things, doing a walk back, apologizing, taking back his apology. It's very hard to see where he's coming from and what he's saying. Look, I did not like what he came out and said about the Jewish community. I didn't like that. And how he was tacking the executives. That's fine if you want to go after executives of these media companies, but you're not going to go after them because they're Jewish. That's wrong, obviously. And that's what he was doing. That's how it came off, regardless of what he was trying to say. But Ye is back in Twitter, okay? He's back on Twitter. Kanye West was let back on Twitter by Elon Musk. Elon Musk also reinstated Kathy Griffin. Jordan Peterson, Babylon B. I don't know who Babylon B is, but apparently he's a big deal. He's deciding if he wants to reinstate Trump, but he said he will not reinstate Alex Jones, which I think is a very smart decision. We don't need people like Alex Jones on Twitter. Now, in the case of Trump, Elon Musk released this poll and he said who's for and who's against Trump getting let back on Twitter. And the majority are for Trump getting put back on. Now, obviously, if Trump does get let back on, it's going to be a media frenzy. People are going to be pissed off, of course. And that'll be interesting to watch fall out. But what I do have to say about all this is it's important for there to be a course and a path to redemption. People are going to mess up. That's our human condition. And so while I don't agree with everything crazy Elon is doing right now, I do agree with a lot of what he is doing. 
And that's an important thing to be said. Elon Musk, he came out and he said, look, I'm going to screw a lot of things up. I'm not a perfect person. The way I run this company will not be perfect, but here is my mission and this is what I'm trying to do. And that I can respect. And if you can't respect that, what do you respect? Because he's being upfront. He's telling you what he believes in and what he's going to stand by. And he's letting you know it's not going to be perfect in every instance. And what people fail to realize is there are crazy smart people like Elon that don't turn out as beneficial to society. And people might argue that Elon isn't beneficial to society, but look at people like Sam Bankman-Fried, okay? The founder and CEO of the cryptocurrency exchange FTX. Now, if you haven't heard about this by now, I don't know if you've been living under a rock or what, in your mom's basement, but FTX was a huge crypto exchange and it filed for bankruptcy, okay? The company went from a value of $30 billion, with a B, to $8 billion in the hole. The founder, Sam Bankman-Fried, had a personal net worth of 16 Bs, 16 billion. And he went down to zero. This was a huge scam. He was doing shady stuff. Now people, large creditors who are on this exchange, can't get their money back. It's a huge issue. It's a huge problem. It's been all over everywhere in the headlines. And look, the deal with this is crypto is an extremely volatile deal across the board, right? You never really know what's going to go on, but that's why so many people are getting rich. That's why so many people are losing money. It's a double-way street. Crypto has a lot of legitimacy, and I will say that, but people like Sam Bankman-Fried, when they get on the seed and they crash and destroy the reputation of crypto as a whole by their stupidity, it's a bad look, and it shines a bad light on the entire program, on the entire crypto community. And that I can confidently say. The problem here is this. People think that crypto is fully established and is as good as cash. They're moving too quickly and they're getting ahead of themselves. It is not at that level yet. Will it be at that level? 100%. Should you invest in crypto? Yes. But don't put all your money in crypto and expect to be one of these weird crypto billionaires that still lives in their mom's basement and takes a shower once a week. I mean, first off, you don't want to live like that. Second, it's not going to happen for everybody. And there are strategic moves you can make to make money on crypto in the short term, but it's risky. And no, with every risky deal, sometimes you'll do great. Sometimes it'll fare horribly. And that's just part of the game. I do have to say, though, these weird prodigy, smart, too smart type people, you could call Elon Musk one of those people. That's debatable, right? I think he's doing good right now. But people like Sam Bankman-Fried, he reminds me of Elizabeth Holmes. For those of you that don't know, Elizabeth Holmes ran the huge Silicon Valley Theranos scandal, right? It was this whole idea where you would prick your finger on this machine, the machine would do your blood test, and it was going to revolutionize the industry, revolutionize healthcare. People called her the next Steve Jobs. I mean, she even wore the turtleneck lichen. It was crazy. She raised a billion dollars. The company was valued at $9 billion. And you know, in Silicon Valley, people are just so quick to throw money at everything. It's like, here, take my money. I got too much. Take it. And it came out that it was all a fraud. It was all a scam. It was a facade. The demo she did of her product, scam, made up. And Sam Bankman-Fried is the Gen Z version of her, really. People are coming out and saying, oh, no, you know, it wasn't FTX. It was, you know, it, it was just whatever, bad financial managing. No, this guy was involved in shady crap. This is known. You can search this up. It's out there. And this is my problem with people like him, okay? I looked at Sam Bankman-Fried, Sam Bankman-Fried, okay? This dude who founded FTX, I looked at him from day one and said, I don't trust this guy. First off, any guy that goes out the house looking like that, like he looks, 
Search up a picture of Sam Bankman Freed. Never trust a guy that looks like that. Number one, if you're trying to get people's money, at least brush your hair and take a shower. Two, these people who make so much money in such a short amount of time where they don't really have to necessarily work. And I'm not saying Sam Bankman Free didn't work, but a lot of these crypto billionaires, as I like to call them, crypto billies, these crypto billies, they get this money so quick. They put in a minimal amount of work. A lot of them, it's like winning a lottery. And I don't have a lot of respect for people who get that money like that and do nothing with it. And it's hard for me to trust people like that. And this is why. Because a lot of times they're disingenuous because that money gets control of them. It takes over their ego and their person. And that's an important thing that a lot of people don't talk about. Now, someone you could say worked really hard for their money is Jeff Bezos. But Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, I talked about him a little bit earlier. He's just laid off 10,000 employees. He laid off 10,000 Amazon employees. And when I saw this, I was like, okay, they're going to go ahead and lay off the corporate jobs. Normally, that's what they do. A lot of times they're overstaffed like Twitter. It came out, though, that he didn't lay off the corporate people. He's been laying off fulfillment workers. So Amazon fulfillment workers have been getting laid off. Everyone I know, including myself, gets a package a day from Amazon. And with Black Friday and Cyber Monday and the holidays coming up, how can they afford to lay off 10,000 fulfillment people? doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but I thought it was interesting. Something else that doesn't make a lot of sense is the world of Avatar. Now, I'm not talking about Avatar The Last Airbender. I'm talking about Avatar The Tall Blue People. The first Avatar, I thought, was one of the best movies I have ever seen. It's a part of my youth, of my childhood. When I look back at it, it's major nostalgia, right? Avatar 2 is coming out years and years and years and years and years later. It's called The Way of Water. And the trailer is being released soon, allegedly. I say allegedly like it's a court case, but apparently. Now, the actual movie is scheduled to come out on December 16th. But again, there's a lot of speculation around this movie. And look, I'm part of this because this has been so overhyped. Everyone's excited. They're ready to go. James Cameron says this is one of the best movies he's ever made. And so everyone's kind of on edge and ready for it. I almost don't want to see it because the original Avatar was so good. I don't want to be disappointed with Avatar 2 the way of water. Something else that's also talked much about, just like Avatar, or should I say someone else that's talked a lot about, is Andrew Tate. Now, I mentioned earlier that Elon started to lift some of the bans on people like Kathy Griffin and Jordan Peterson. He just released the ban on Andrew Tate. So Andrew Tate is going to be back on Twitter. He was on a five-year ban. Elon Musk took that away and said, you're back on now. And I think Andrew Tate is one of those people where, yes, there's controversy. A lot of people don't like him, but it's more so they don't like him because they don't like his personality. They call him a misogynist and a sexist or whatever. But it's not like they don't like him because he's someone like Alex Jones. So I think it is a good person to like introduce this concept of getting people back on for quote unquote free speech and see how it goes. Now, Andrew Tate is also partnered up with Rumble. Rumble is this YouTube alternative, if you haven't heard about it, that allows more free-flowing speech, or at least that's what they say. So he has this new show on Rumble, and he's really going at the social media life. Now, one of the things I don't get about Andrew Tate is why he was so heavily scrutinized. A lot of stuff was made up about him, and I'm not saying that I agree with everything he said or everything he did. I'm not his personal advocate. But what I am saying is Andrew Tate from what we know in the facts that were released, was not such a bad person like they made it seem in the media and the press when they banned him. Yes, he said some stuff that was distasteful, for lack of better terms, not stuff I would personally say, but they didn't show his whole message. 
And that speaks a lot to the social media algorithm, right? They're going to show you what you engage with the most. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a like. A dislike used to account for a time and a half the engagement as a like on YouTube. I don't know if it's still like that, but what I'm saying is negative engagement reads just the same, if not better, as positive engagement on these social media sites. So they were showing Andrew Tate to the women. They were showing him talk about all this stuff that he would say that was sexist and was misogynist. But then they would show that same Andrew Tate to the men when he's talking about, you know, get off your butt, go out, do some work, pull yourself together, stop playing video games in your mom's basement. That's what he was telling the guys. And what he was telling the guys and the girls were two different stories. And that's why people hated him. So that's a little fruit for thought, for lack of better terms. Think about that a little bit, right? It's like, what are we actually seeing of Andrew Tate? That's a big difference, right? One group is seeing one thing. Another group is seeing something else. And that drives division in our society. So we'll see how people react to Andrew Tate coming back on Twitter. Will they love it? Will they hate it? I'm pretty sure a lot are going to hate it, but we'll see the full reaction. And I think this is important as we move in this direction on Twitter of kind of opening up the marketplace. And I'm curious to see how that plays out. Now, closing off today's episode with some political updates. Now, I thought this was especially funny because Michelle Obama was interviewed recently and she was asked straight up if she would endorse Joe Biden for another presidency term. And to make a long story short, she basically said no. Like, that's basically what she said. And I think this speaks to Joe Biden perfectly. He is messed up so bad that even his own party won't support him. And that's important. The Democratic Party and what they stand for has some great values, just like I think the Republican Party at its core has some good values, but the people they're putting forward are not cutting it. Joe Biden being a prime example of that. I mean, he's one of the lowest polling presidents in history. Only 30% of Americans approve. It's really bad. It's really bad. And so we're seeing that fall out. And I think it's really exposing. And it's really all telling. Because even someone who was married to his boss, okay, when Obama was president, obviously Joe Biden was the vice president, and Obama's wife will not even endorse Joe Biden. And something similar to this happened on the Trump side of things. Ivanka Trump came out and said that she will no longer be involved in politics or with any campaigns from this time moving forward. She's done with it. She doesn't want to get involved this time around. And while she didn't come out and denounce her dad, She basically said, I'm not going to get involved anymore. And for those of you that don't know, Ivanka Trump was a senior advisor to Donald Trump when he was president back in 2020. And so she was involved. And I think really it's it is a mess. Right. And it's not something that's fun to be involved in when you have a few billion in the bank. You don't want to get involved in the mess anymore anymore. And I'm with Ivanka on that. Look, if I was in her shoes, I'd be like, hell yeah, I am not getting involved in this jacked up, messed up. POS job anymore. I'm getting out. I'm going to enjoy my billions and do whatever the hell I want on my own side of the aisle. Now, moving back to the other side of things, Obama is allegedly headed back to Georgia to campaign with Raphael Warnock for a second time. Keep in mind, this is for the Georgia state runoff that's happening for the Senate. Now, this is a really smart move, and I think it's a great strategic play for the Democrat side, right? Because look, Obama and Warnock are going to share more or less the same voters. If Biden endorses Warnock, it's game over. A lot of people don't approve of Biden, and it's a bad move for Warnock to try and get more involvement from that side of things. So I think going with Obama 
is a smart move. Like I said, and I've said this before, I'll continue to say it. If Warnock wants to win this, he needs to throw in everybody's face that Herschel Walker is an election denier because that has been the one thing that is making all these Republicans lose is the election denial. Right now, Herschel Walker has the one up because in the previous election, 2% of the people voted libertarian, which is automatically right-leaning. So if Warnock doesn't shore up in this election, he will lose. Keeping on this path, Carrie Lake in Arizona stands behind her claims that the Arizona gubernatorial election was fraudulent. And she's continuing to push this out. Like I said, there was weird stuff that happened in Arizona's gubernatorial race. And there's weird stuff that's been happening in Arizona's elections for a long time now. Whether or not that was malicious fraud and whether or not the election was stolen, I can't say. We don't have that evidence out yet to denounce her would be premature to say that it's true would be premature. We just don't know. And so we need to be in the center on this and not make any decisions until the facts are out. Now, if she ends up suing and wins the suits because it's real, then that's one thing. If she ends up suing and loses, then that's another. So again, remaining neutral and not politicizing this over the top until we know the facts is important. But that whole race was just really strange. I mean, when you think about it, there was no debate that happened between her and Katie Hobbs, the Democrat running. Katie Hobbs was the secretary of state, but she didn't recuse herself. And then she botched the counting of the ballots during this election. It was all just very strange and out of the ordinary, if you ask me. But that's going to be it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending 20, 30 minutes of your day with me on The Daily Dose. Don't forget, you can follow me on all platforms at It's Barris, and you can find this show on all platforms that you can listen to a podcast on. Have a good one, guys. I'll see you in the next one. I like it when